DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is now in an extreme drought. Currently, that is why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Tom, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us on such short notice. We appreciate it. And... There are many questions we're about to ask you that, honestly, I don't know that you can 100% guarantee us the answer is right. Uh, so I want to start with an impossible question. Are you ready? Sure. That's a good way to start. Yeah. If name, image, and likeness had been a deal, say, 50 years ago, which cougar would have earned the most money, Jimmer or Jim McMahon? Well, I think Jimmer probably could be – it's hard to say because Jimmer was in a little bit more of the information age. Mm-hmm. Think uh, he was the player of the year? That's an impossible question. You're right, <laughs> but I think both of those two would be would uh, both of those guys would be in a position to be able to uh, take advantage of name, image, and likeness. So at your media day, Tom, you guys were ahead of the game. There was a phrase. It's something for life. I'm, it's escaping me what you guys called it. Uh, Built for, for life. Yeah. And so obviously you're trying to get. Uh, uh, basically get your arms around this as far as uh, po- as much as possible. Uh, what jurisdiction or power or influence and all that stuff is the university going to have over kids as they start to go? Because we've seen already a couple on social media basically say, hey, I'm available. Let me help you. <laughs> um, it's a very good question. We feel that it's our responsibility to help educate them and train them. There's ways we can do that. I think a lot of these young people are in for a a great learning experience, which will come with some good experiences and some really tough experiences. Right now, that's what we're trying to do with Built for Life, is to accelerate programs that will help them learn how best to deal with these types of opportunities to make money. Uh, as you two and I know, who have been at this for a long time, the best way is not to say, hey, come, I'm available, come get me. You graduate, you get a great degree, you go out and get a good job, and you go to work five days a week from nine to five. That's how you start making money. From there, you know, maybe some creativity, some good breaks, some good uh, elbow grease, and you, you make a, a, a bigger amounts of money. But I think the key thing is trying to help them understand and prepare them for a job. So do you have companies already contacting your kids or your, uh, your uh, coaches and administrators? Are you already hearing from the community about wanting to get on board with this? I mean, BYU is a pretty powerful brand, but it's especially a pretty powerful brand within 10 or 20 miles of campus. Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes, 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 but in minimal um, opportunities. Some of our um, some people's companies in the state have come to us ahead of time. We're friends with them and said, hey, we would like to be involved in this. We think that we could use a few athletes, and we'd like to, in advertising. That's something that's kosher. You can work. You can make that work. I think there's other people that are not coming to us, and they're just going right to the athletes, which is legal. That's fine. The issue that's really it's hard for us to deal with is 
we're, I feel like, and I love these kids, and we're with them a lot. We have a lot to do with their growth and development during this pay, period of time in their lives. And I just know that there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there that are going to take advantage of them. And that's why I'm saying with Built for Life and with the things that we're going to do with NIL behind the scenes, not just seeing how much money they can make, but we're trying to prepare them for these experiences that they are going to have if they get involved. Some are going to be great and some are going to be really bad. So is the so-called maybe seediness side of it, is that what concerns you the most? Um, I don't, I think the, the one thing that concerns me the most is just that they, they have a, an opportunity to learn about what they can expect. And then it's never going to be exactly, we, we, we go and we take classes in college and we learn and then we go out to the world and it's not quite how they taught us in college, but we have an idea of how it's going to be. And we, we've done this for years. Every school in the state has educated their student athletes. And it's not just about football and baseball and basketball and soccer. It's about a relationship and it's about the way that we connect with our student athletes. And this just speeds it up about a hundred times what has been in the past. Tom Homo joining us, BYU Athletic Director. Is this going to significantly change recruiting? I mean, they've already been kids, players, middle men running around with their hands out. Is there going to be more of that? Is this going to make Kalani's head explode? Well, I think it adds another component, a pretty significant component. But if you're like you guys have been in the business a long time, you realize that there's been a lot of under the table dealings that are not have not been legal with the NCAA that have been occurring from uh, free lunch to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. This right now opens the doors and kind of what they're saying is it lets the market go and see what happens. And I think that you're going to have recruiters that are still going to cheat. There's still there's rules in NIL. This isn't just uh, all Katie bar the door. This is all down. This is there's going to be people that still break rules. There's rules that say that you can't entice people to come to your school. You can't do that by just giving them money. Is that going to happen? Yeah, you all know that's going to happen. But we, you'd like to think that there's enough people that are in the NCAA, in membership schools, coaches, administrators, presidents, all those involved with athletics that will try to do it right, to try to develop programs to help their student-athletes, and they'll have good experiences. I don't know if all those things that went down that were illegal in past years, wherever they happened, were good experience for the kids. I don't think it's a great learning experience. You're not teaching them a lot of good things by doing what, by breaking the rules. How much do you think this whole situation is going to evolve, meaning next year, five years from now, there's all sorts of different things as it, as it affects everything because there's stuff right now that we just don't know how it's going to play out? I think that's exactly how it'll play out, PK. I, I just think that we're going to learn a lot real fast. The NCAA has come out with this uh, – I don't even know what they're calling it. It's an interim policy, I guess that is the best way to put it. 
we all anticipate that Congress will come out with a standardized plan because right now you have various ways, depending on which state your school's in, as to how this will be legislated. That's going to, that's difficult and nobody thinks that it can work that way. So we all anticipate, you know, time frame, uh, I'd say at least a year, maybe more before something solid comes out. But in the meantime, we're going to learn. Right now at BYU, we, you know, in the state of Utah, there is no legislation, which quite frankly, I think it's a benefit to all the schools in the state. And I think it'll be helpful for our student athletes and that we all are kind of on the same page and each one of our schools now can be able to regulate and assist student athletes to take advantage the best way they can with NIL. And I think that we put out something today that describes what our um, program is. It has to be that way if you don't, if you're not in a state that's legislated. And we feel that that will, it's not written in pencil, but we'll be, uh, we'll be changing it a lot in the next couple weeks and months to adapt to what we learn from other schools and other parts of the country and some of the student athletes. I think a lot of what's, a lot of it's going to be that student athletes are going to, through their social media contacts and the way, just the way they communicate these days, which is very effectively, that they're going to learn from each other. They're going to learn from best practices how they might be able to participate in NIL. And look, don't get me wrong. I think that this is a long time coming. There's aspects of NIL that are going to be great. And I've said all along that I'm supportive of certain aspects of it. So today is a good day for our student athletes. But it's also one of those things like when you send your your children off to college and you're like, okay, I hope I, <laughs> as best I can. But you know that you're going to get some calls back saying, hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids are going to finally learn that you you have a name, an image, and a likeness, and you have to make of that what you make of it. There's not going to be people that are going to be coming to all 631 of our student-athletes with deals. I think that some of our student-athletes will have great opportunities to make some money, and rightfully so. I think that's a great thing. And hopefully uh, they'll have been in a position where they'll make really good decisions and be involved with really good people. And if that's the case, that will be a, a very good thing for them. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joining us. So as the name, image, and likeness rules take over, and there are a lot of boosters at a lot of schools that are smart and are savvy and are invested. And under the old rules, you know, something like Phil Knight, right, and the Nike money, and no one can deny the power and impact he's had on the Oregon Athletic Department. But now, with so many more rules open, it seems like some schools are going to have boosters set up. I don't want to call them shadow governments, or I don't know what to call them, but you know what I'm getting at. And they're going to be just off to the side, off campus, making sure the money flows, trying to give their school a competitive advantage. Are you worried about that? It's going to happen. I'm not really worried about it, because it's going to happen. It's we're we're going to protect against that. We don't want that to happen because it's illegal. 
Now, it's going to the reason that the NCAA compliance book rule book is like two inches thick is because coaches and administrators have caused so many laws to be written because they've they're going to try to find ways to get things done and new rules have to be put in place all the time. So I, I think you're right, DJ, that there's going to be immediately people trying to figure out a way to quote unquote beat the system. Mm-hmm. There are rules. They're very plain about what you can do. And each, each school has different rules now. Each state or many states have different rules. But there, you asked the question, am I worried about people cheating? I can't worry about that. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to prepare our kids the very best way we can. And we think we have a... So, no matter what club you're in as far as uh, a supporter, whether it's the Cougar Club, whether it's the uh, Crimson Club, from the highest, most famous, biggest donor down to the bottom, everybody wants to win. And everybody associated with BYU wants an, another 11-1 season. If they don't want that, it's because they want it 12-0. and zero. <laughs> And that's just the way it is. Do you think, or how much do you think this program going forward is going to help individual programs win? I don't. I think what will happen is certain student-athletes, prospective student-athletes, will make their decision on what school they attend based on where the money's at. I think that's how you could put it. Whether it's, uh, you know, they're going to get money under the table in a legal way, which has happened for decades and which will continue to happen. But I think that hopefully, hopefully most of the schools, they recruit student athletes to come to their school for the right reasons, which are to get a great education, to sell the things that happen on your school that are dynamite and that have been advantageous for students for forever. And then, to be able to have program athletic programs that have great coaches and that have success and can develop and grow kids and make them better at their particular sport. And that in the, in the end, the student athletes come to school and they, when they spend however much time they spend there, when they leave, they feel that they're better for going to that school. That isn't always the case. Look at the transfer portal. There are so many kids in the transfer portal now those kids aren't going to those schools necessarily uh, for the right reasons. They're, they're going for why, well, I guess it could be their right reason. If they want to go just to make money and put themselves in a position to make as much money as they can, then that's where they're going to choose their school. We'd like to think that people aren't coming to BYU because they're going to make the most money while they're here. We think that we can put them, because it's such a great institution, and has such a great reputation for its our graduates that that's a great selling point. That's a huge competitive advantage for us, and that's what we're going to hang our hat on. It's always been that way, and it always will be that way. BYUAD Tom Homo joining us. So uh, PK has a theory that there's so much, especially for football, but there's so much attention focused on high school sports 
that a kid can raise their profile locally, and if they stay and play college locally, well, then they're ahead of the game and, and building momentum and their ability to cash in on their name. Do you think this tips the balance of power when it comes to local recruiting, especially football and, and basketball, too, to a lesser degree? I think that, you know, PK, I would agree with that. I think that you look around the country – a lot of kids stay close to home because they have family, they feel comfortable, they have a great connection, and it feels right. And they think that they can accomplish everything that they want to accomplish by going to that local school. And I think the state of Utah, for all of our schools, I think we're in a great spot. The state of Utah is an incredible economy, incredible economy. We have incredible schools we have the great outdoors. We have so many things that are happening right now. And I hope, I hope that a lot of these kids will stay in the state because they'll be able to connect with the great opportunities that are here. There, in, you know, in years past, maybe when I came in old ages, there might not have been as many things in the state. But I think now the locals, I think you're right, PK. I think that'll... I'd like to believe it's true, and I think you're right. So, Tom, I'm going to throw a total hypothetical at you, which means it may be fair or not, but I want to get your thought on it from your experience. We know that the BYU quarterback is a high, high high-profile position. I mean, it's practically a member of the Jazz in terms of their visibility and all that stuff. So a scenario, the whoever the quarterback is, he's successful, and like he was like Zach was last season. So he signs a deal with Channel 2 that says, I will give you an exclusive interview on the field after the game, and he's going to get paid $10,000 per whatever it might be. I don't know. But he signs that, which may be a little bit different. You know, you're supposed to go off the field and have the locker room and the 10-minute cooling pot off period and all that stuff. I'm wondering, could you see a scenario like that where that, not necessarily just BYU, but around the country, Ohio State, SC, wherever, that a kid signs the deal that, in a sense, supersedes what the team has going on? How long did it take you to come up with that idea, PK? We were talking about it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, this is one of those things where you said, you know, are things going to adapt? I think the answer to that question is that's a possibility. It, it certainly would be uh, legal and okay for a lot of places. But I think one of the things that we deal with are exclusive contracts. We also deal with would a coach of a team make a policy saying that you can do something with a TV station after we release you from the locker room? but not while we're on the field. I don't know, have an answer to that, but those questions will be answered in short order yeah. because people are going to challenge that. And is that okay? Sure it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make us work overtime. Our brains are going to have to be on, on at all times. We're going to have to be really creative. We're going to have to put away the things that we've thought from the past and start looking to the future. So I think... All of those op- that's a, that's legal. I, I don't see that being anything wrong with that, unless somebody had an exclusive. Um, and that that's one of the things that we're going to have to consider is all the schools in the state of Utah have exclusive deals 
with their school. So I'm going to give an example. We have a deal exclusively on our campus with Coca-Cola, and it's an athletic department and campus deal. So one of the things that people say are, could our student-athletes do a deal with another uh, beverage company? And the answer is they probably could off-campus away without any of our marks or any of our facilities. And those are going to be have to be strictly monitored because we have – we – already have contracts that enforce our campus. So that the scenario that you give with individuals doing uh, interviews after the game would have to be in compliance with what those state, and excuse me, not state, campus yeah. and Lake Department contracts already that had already exist. Yeah, and so you'd have to work that out and see if it could come to fruition. Since we're just making stuff up, how about a halftime off the field, walking off the field interview? (laughs) Well, hey, look, one of the things that we can't do is we can't broker deals. So that's one of the rules in the NCAA is people on campus, coaches, administrators, um, ADs, we can't be involved in brokering deals. Right. And so, you know, don't be trying to slide me a little money under the table, PK, to help you out. <laughs> don't worry about that. PK's never given anybody any money at all. <laughs> hey, the Devils went to the Rose Bowl in 87. I gave him 20 bucks. Nice. <laughs> That's why they haven't been back because you haven't given them 20 bucks. There yet. it is. 96. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually had this conversation with a sports information director at another school earlier this week, but I think it applies to every SID in the country. I said, you usually pick, you know, you get the request from the media for whoever after the game, and you pick three to five players and the head coach. Like, you're going to walk in the locker room or a guy's going to be staring you down. It's like, you're costing me money. Run me out there. I'll entertain him. I'll say something. And he just laughed. He says, I don't know, but probably. Does that go back to you got to go to square one on everything everybody does on campus? Because this changes a lot of things. Yeah, we'll we'll have to cross that bridge in the fall. We'll, We'll talk about those things. And I think one of the things that it does do is that it does create a little more competitiveness within the team. Who gets what? Like, it's one thing to see that this person, this guy on my team, is going to get a little bit more attention in the media. It's another thing if that attention is leading to him to get paid. And, and that's unfortunate. I've talked to all our coaches about, hey, look at your responsibility as a coach. Just You just added a lot of time. Because now you're, you've got to be dealing with the unity of the team and the collaboration of team members. And one of the things that's such an important part of successful teams is when players on the team can be happy for other kids' success. That's a great – the greatest teams, players are not envious of other people on the team doing great. And this, when money comes into it, it could be affected. Those are things that our coaches are talking about all the time now, saying, how are we going to convince our players that it's really still, you know, all for one and one for all? we got to come into this together. And even though there's going to be maybe now money on the line, it can't change the fact that we got to be together. You've been involved in the NFL game for many years, and I'm sure, I'm sure you saw some of the evils that money created in all sorts of different ways that can go down the wrong road. 
how much is the university educating or going to be educating these kids as far as if they come into cash on how to handle it and maybe what to expect? That will be encompassed in our Built for Life program. So people, these people will have to deal with taxes now. They, they really haven't done that. They'll have to deal with contracts because we are not allowed on our campus to be part of those contracts. So what if somebody, a kid has a contract with um, a company and, and they were supposed to get paid and then the company doesn't pay them? What are they, are they going to come to us now and say, hey, you got to take care of this. They're going to pay me. Well, that's part of how it'll work. You'll have to go get an attorney or you'll have to get someone that will help you deal with that legal issue. It's going to be, you know, there'll have to be a lot of education that takes place that they would probably learn in their first jobs off of campus. Look, we have a lot of kids that are on campus that are students and not student athletes governed by the NCAA that have had to deal with this already. And that's one of the reasons why I feel that it's okay and I like the fact that student athletes shouldn't be different from our students on campus. There's reasons to believe that there are because even in the, in the major leagues, NFL, NBA, um, Major League Baseball, there's rules, there's drafts, there's collective bargaining. There's a lot of things that take place to help um, rectify some of these problems that would exist. Right now, it's kind of going to be like the wild, wild west. And then as we see that didn't work or we're not going to be able to do that or here's a new rule or policy that we're going to have to institute, every single school is going to be dealing with that. And we'll find, uh, hopefully, we'll find a place where we can be comfortable until they come out with legislation. And when that day comes, I think even from there, there's going to be a lot of adjustments. So this, the whole landscape of the NCAA has changed. We can't even imagine some of the issues that we're going to be having to deal with, but we'll deal with them as they come up. Um, Corona was probably a good experience for us in this way. There were so many things that athletic departments had to deal with that we had no idea how to do it. And somehow, some way, we got through it. We figured out ways to be at our best. We figured out ways to endure, to overcome, resiliency. And those are some of the principles that we've been telling our kids already. Hey, this is going to be so different. We're going to have to come at you with some policies that we've never had before. And you're going to think that we're restricting you. We'll work together to come up with these policies. And that's what this generation wants. They like participating in their outcomes instead of like right now, a lot of people look at the NCAA and say, kids don't have any, they don't have any say in what their future is uh, as far as, you know, NCAA and, and uh, NIL. And now they do. So again, I would say uncharted waters, but let's go. Well, Tom, we could probably create a hundred more hypotheticals and wreck your whole day, but we really ought to let you go. We appreciate you coming on on short notice to uh, talk about all this and kind of cluing Cougar fans on where you're going with your team and, and probably cluing fans of other teams around the state, too. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. And when we have a hundred more hypotheticals, we'll call you back and run them all by you. Hey, just send them down to me. I'll answer them every time. Appreciate okay. It. Thanks, Tom.
Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director. New challenges, new opportunities, probably new rule breakings. Oh, yeah, how yeah, much? Yeah, yeah. How much will it really change? Who wins and who loses? Which, as you said, when we heard the jazz management change, all the other stuff is interesting. Depending on how much you want to delve into it, personalities, rules, who's making how much money, what people are like off the court. But at the end of the day, to use a Donald. very popular phrase, <laughs> at the end of the day, who won and who lost? Right. When you say, "Hey, what happened in the game?" That's usually what you cut right to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much this is going to oh, impact gee, winning my and losing. Four year old came home from T ball. I said, Did you win? <laughs> Did you win? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, the youth sports stories are just awesome. Don't have a scoreboard. Do you Don't eat keep tonight? score. You're playing. <laughs> and the parents are up there. Oh, it's like, okay, you know the kids are keeping score, right? The six year olds, you can't stop them. They're out there keeping do score. Do you want to ride home from the game or do you want to walk? <laughs> I coached four-year-old girls in soccer this past and spring. And they keep score, right? They legitimately would come off the field. Hey, I just scored two goals. We're up 6-2, right? Yeah. yeah. They know exactly what's going on. Good. I keep score every day of my life. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we're getting you caught up next.